welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. You can also find me on my other podcast, Straight Up Paleo. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Throughout my time as a content creator, I have recognized a pattern in that is that there are certain topics that come up that I know I want to talk about and I just get this urgent need to talk about it right then because I know that if the moment passes, it won't be as good and I also just wait for the right time and This has been a topic that I knew I wanted to make a podcast about and I knew as soon as it was the right moment and I knew I was going to do it this weekend and it was something that I've been mulling over for some time but I have learned that when I mull things over too much then sometimes I just paralyze myself and I never actually go through with it. So instead of trying to plan this out and make this the perfect episode, because that's what tends to happen, you know, when you're dealing with a big issue that's really near and dear to your heart, well, at least me, I'll put so much pressure on myself and feel like I need to make sure this does it justice, but then sometimes I'm so worried about doing it justice that I never get it out there because it's never going to be good enough. So instead of trying to make this perfect, I just want to make an episode right now that is very raw and real and me talking to you and explaining to you my history with anxiety and depression. And I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. May was Mental Health Awareness Month. And whenever there are awareness months or days for things, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I always like to post about it after it's over because I hate how... You know, it's so great when we bring awareness to things, but then it'll be like the day or the month is over and then people forget and we shouldn't forget. But these topics are really personal for me. I struggled with anxiety and depression for most of my life and I wanted to share my experience for anybody who is going through something similar or has gone through something similar or maybe for someone who hasn't gone through this it might help you to understand others who have gone through mental health issues. I know that this can be a taboo topic apparently but this is the thing. These are only taboo topics if we make them taboo. The truth of the matter is that there is a very 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 widespread mental health crisis going on around us right now and this isn't about diving into why that's that's happening that's a whole other conversation but 
we need to start trying to understand what people are feeling and going through because we need to break this taboo. We need to open up this conversation so that we can help people because awareness and some understanding is the first step to moving forward in a positive direction, in my opinion. Before I dive into this whole episode, I want to talk about this week's sponsor, which is something I wish, well, it didn't even exist years ago when I first started struggling with these things, but I wish I knew more about the importance of gut health when dealing with mental health issues. You may have heard that 90% of your body serotonin is actually produced in the gut. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that affects our mood, our appetite, our social behavior, sleep, memory, a lot more. But knowing that is incredibly important because if we want to improve our levels of serotonin, then it's important to focus on our guts. And studies have actually shown that spore-forming bacteria, like the strains in Just Thrive, which is an incredible probiotic, can actually help to elevate those levels of serotonin. And in general, having a high-quality probiotic is really what is going to make sure that your gut stays nice and healthy. We want to make sure we are protecting and or improving our healthy gut flora because especially in the context of mental health, their research is showing more and more that, you know, depression, anxiety, and a lot of other mental health illnesses are basically rooted in gut health and a result of chronic inflammation in the body. And we really, really need to make sure that we are protecting our gut microbiome. So I've talked about them before. I love Just Thrive Probiotic and Antioxidant. There's a lot of research behind this probiotic. It's actually the first and only 100% spore-based probiotic that arrives alive in the intestines naturally and it produces antioxidants. So it's amazing for supporting not only your digestive health, but also your immune health. The two are totally related. And the strains in Just Thrive were actually also recently proven in a published study to begin to heal leaky gut in just 30 days. I have noticed a huge improvement since starting to take this probiotic and I recommend it to pretty much everybody. I'm focusing on mental health aspects just because that relates to this episode, but a high quality probiotic in your routine can transform your overall health. So everybody really needs this. Like I mentioned, it's huge for immunity. It can help you if you are struggling with allergies, joint pain, if you need help with your metabolism, if you're trying to have healthy weight management, if you're training, if you're some type of athlete, it's really important for athletic performance. So there are just a ton of health benefits to incorporating such an incredible probiotic and unfortunately a lot of the ones out on the market are not still alive when they reach your intestines so this one has been shown to stay alive and active until it reaches your gut and it is very effective so i definitely recommend checking out just thrive probiotic you can go to bit.ly slash just thrive crw to check it out they have a ton of information up on their website about the research behind this and all of the different benefits because there are 
many, many, many. So definitely head to bit.ly slash just thrive CRW and check out that probiotic. I highly recommend it. I had never even heard of a probiotic until I was a sophomore in college and one of my professors started talking about probiotics and I was thinking, what is it? I've never even heard of it. And I wish that I had heard about it far, far long ago and understood all of this because I wonder what my life would have been like. But let's just let's just talk about this. So I've mentioned I've mentioned it before that I struggled with anxiety and depression throughout my life and I published a blog post about how I overcame it because I just always thought that my permanent default state of being was going to be that I was really anxious. You know, I I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I struggled with having panic attacks a lot during my life and I was diagnosed with clinical depression, persistent depressive disorder, and I just always, you know, I wasn't diagnosed until I was older, but I always felt it. And looking back, I have an interesting perspective, but, you know, in college was when I, my health sort of fell, fell through completely and I changed my whole diet and lifestyle and a lot of my personality and through all of that didn't really realize the effect it was going to have on my mental health but I realized this year how different of a person I had become and it's really it's unreal to me that I don't feel like I struggle with those things anymore that's not to say I never get anxious or I never get depressed There have been things that trigger me back into it, but I mean, I pretty much went 20 years of my life always feeling anxious and depressed, and it's, the best way for me to describe it is, like, it's your default state of being, and even when you're happy, you're still sad. You know, even when you're happy, you're still anxious. Now it's not like that. Now it's, like, my my default state is being happy and content, and then the abnormal state is when I'll be triggered into some bad anxiety or depression. And I feel really grateful that I was able to sort of work through it. And I just wanted to share my experience as well. And I think also looking back, I have a different perspective on things that happened and I just have more clarity now. So... I think I'm just going to kind of dive in, but I just want to tell you that the way this episode is going to work is I'm just going to start from when I was a child up until now and share my experience with these things. And if talking about mental health triggers something for you or makes you feel uncomfortable or you don't want to hear that, then don't listen to this. I'm going to be very blunt and straightforward as I typically am, but I know that this can be a more delicate subject for people or maybe hard for people to hear. And I'm also going to share basically my exact thoughts when I was going through certain experiences. And some of those thoughts are pretty intense and messed up, but I just want to be totally straightforward because 
When I was struggling, I just wanted to know that I wasn't alone and that I wasn't crazy and I was so trapped in my own head and wanting to talk about these things but felt like I had no one to turn to and even when I did try and talk about them, I got this wall. I got a wall is how I felt and I just don't want anyone else to feel that way because if I had heard someone else sharing something so openly and bluntly as I'm about to I think it would have helped me but I know that that doesn't help everybody some people it makes it worse for so I just want you to be prepared before I dive in here this is gonna overlap a little bit with my long episode about my whole health journey which was episode 63 if you haven't heard it but Not as much because in this episode, I'll probably focus more on the earlier half of my life when I was younger, but they do kind of go hand in hand with each other, just so you're aware. Okay, wish me luck. I'm going to try and condense 22 years of my life into 45 minutes, so I probably will fill up that knowing me, but let's, let's go for it. Okay, so... Let's start with anxiety because it really started with the anxiety and I remember having anxiety for a very, very long time. Some of my earliest memories are feeling this thing that I used to describe as the world slowing down and I would try and explain this to my friends, well, really just one or two of my friends as I got older. I went through most of my life having these episodes and I didn't know what they were or what to call them. I didn't even really try and figure out what to call them until I got older and I was trying to explain to somebody else. But I would have these episodes where all of the noises around me would kind of stop and fade and I felt like the world... I was seeing everything in slow motion and I was moving really, really fast and my heart would start pounding and I would start shaking and I felt like I had been put on one of those, I don't even know what they're called, those moving walkways or the moving sidewalks that they have at the airport. I felt like someone had just thrown me onto one of those and it was going at high speed. I was shaking, my heart was pounding And everyone else around me was moving really slow. And when I would try and talk to them or yell, no one could hear me. I, it was almost like being underwater in a bubble, if that makes sense. That's actually, as I I just thought of that right now, that's exactly how it felt like. And I remember having those episodes starting when I was maybe three or four. And I don't really know what started it. But it was just like these random moments of extreme anxiety. And as I got older, I realized that that was sort of my manifestation of an anxiety attack as I was younger and I didn't know what was happening. And I just remember my heart pounding, feeling like I was going to die and like no one could help me, that I was trapped in this bubble. And it was really weird and I felt very unsafe. And like, I, I mean, I couldn't control it and it would just come out of nowhere. And... I was always really scared that it was going to happen. I Because I, I didn't know when, when it was going to happen. And at the same time... So I have an older sister. She's five years older than me. And I kind of always just did whatever she was doing. You know, I kind of 
hopped on the train. I listened to the same music she was listening to. I watched the same TV shows, the same movies. And my sister was really, really into Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies. Okay, if you're not familiar with Lifetime movies, here's the deal. Lifetime movies are very intense. They have these insane plots and half of them are, quote, inspired by true stories. I don't know if this is true, but they make you feel like they're true stories. And, you know, it's kind of bad acting, but they're all really messed up situations, like a lot of murder and identity theft and rape and assault and stalking and kidnapping and just these really, really intense topics. And, you know, I would just plop down next to my sister and watch these at a pretty young age. And this made me incredibly afraid of the world. I felt like I couldn't function as a human. I was afraid of everything. And I was I was very little. And I know my parents were having a really hard time with me. But I also was getting confused between what I saw on TV, what I had nightmares about, and what was happening in real life. And the lines were all getting kind of blurry. And I would see things on TV, become afraid of them have nightmares about it think it was happening in real life and there's one movie in particular that literally sticks out to me this memory is is burned into my brain because you're watching this movie on lifetime and they're upstairs in the film it looked exactly like the way our furniture was set up upstairs and they had this exact same wicker bench and in the film the little boy is behind the the wicker bench couch thing and it's shot from his perspective and he watches these men come up the stairs and then goes into the sister's room and they shoot her and then goes into the parents room and shoots them and this memory i got confused and thought it was a memory of my own because it was shot from his perspective. And I saw this movie when I was like four, I think, or five. And it really scarred me. And I was just convinced. You know, I was watching a lot of films like this. And I was just convinced that someone was going to come into my house and murder me every night. And I couldn't sleep. I also became really afraid of fire and had just a really intense phobia of fire. And I... For a really long time, I could not go to sleep because I was, you know, convinced there was a murderer in my closet sitting there waiting for me to close my eyes and then he was going to stab me. And I was convinced that if when I, as soon as I fell asleep, someone was going to light the house on fire and I was going to get burned alive. And it wasn't just your typical, I'm scared of monsters under the bed. This also <laughs> carried... I carried this with me during the day and I was really afraid to be out out in public. You know, I was really attached to my mom. If I didn't, you know, if I lost her for a second, I would start screaming and crying and I became convinced that every stranger around me was a serial killer. And that's what I thought. And I just remember being so anxious and I would cry all the time. And every night, you know, I didn't sleep for probably months. And I know my parents just didn't know what to do with me. And I also didn't know what to do with myself because I felt so distressed because there was nothing I could do. I felt like I was destined to this life of, I was going to die. 
I was just going to die and I had no control over it and someone's going to kill me. And I'm getting worked up thinking about it. And as I think about it, I can't even believe I was so young having these intense thoughts and I would build up these elaborate plans in my head about ways that someone could break into the house and I asked my parents to buy me a fire ladder and teach me how to crawl out the window in case somebody lit the house on fire and I was really really just nervous to close my eyes and go to bed and I would have my dad check my closet a bunch of times and my I know my parents were frustrated with me because they weren't really getting any sleep because I wasn't getting any sleep and I would sit there and cry and just sob and they didn't know what to do and they would try and sit there and calm me down and you know my mom would start and sleep with me some nights and I just felt like that I remember telling her there's nothing you can do there's nothing you can do for me because I know someone's gonna kill me I also you know I wanted to defend myself and I was in daisies and brownies and we got Swiss Army knives and I took a few and I wanted to have one in case someone came after me in the middle of the night, but I also was nervous to have one in case they found it before me because that's what I had seen on TV shows. You know, when they bring out, you bring out your, def- your weapon to defend yourself and then they steal it from you and then use it against you. That was also, you know, my worst fear. So I would hide them in really strange places and I would cut a page cut a hole out of a book to put it in there and then put that inside of a box and then hide that under a pillow and then I would put 500 stuffed animals on top of the pillow because I was just trying to hide them so I would know where they were but then the serial killer would probably wouldn't find it as I think about this and talk about this I realize how intense it is and I don't want to sit here and say I blame these Lifetime movies, but they had a really big impact on me. And also just the fact that I thought, you know, it was this idea instilled in me that you're never safe because you could just accidentally piss someone off and then they would come after you. I remember this movie where this little boy and his mom were driving on the highway and the mom cut someone off on the freeway and... Basically, the whole premise of the film was that the person they cut off was torturing them and coming after them the whole film and trying to kill the little boy and the mom. So I also just felt like my destiny was completely out of my control, especially because my mom was a crazy driver. So sorry, mom, love you, but we all know you're a crazy driver. I was so nervous that someone who I was with would make someone else upset and then their whole life mission would be to torture me and kill me. These movies also, from the get-go, made me have a very, very weird relationship with men. And this is a really interesting topic. I think when I think about, <laughs> when I think about my life, but I was just afraid of pretty much any man. Because in all of these movies, you know, they painted this caricature of what a dangerous person was. And it was always a man. And then I just, when I was out in the world as a little child, I thought any man was out to kill me. You know, this is a very hot topic. People talk about what the effects of these archetypes we create in stories and film, what those effects are on our relationships and the way we view the world. And I mean, these really had an effect on me. 
what I was seeing in film and movies and these stereotypes. Anyways, back to back to my situation. I was a very anxious little girl. And then I became very so fire were was a big one, like the murder serial killer situation. I was just convinced someone was gonna kill me. I was never really worried someone was gonna kidnap me. I didn't think about that. I was also extremely afraid of any type of natural disaster. This was a huge one for me. So earthquakes were basically the big one because I live in California. And the thought of going to a state where there could be a potential hurricane or tsunami, I just, I would just break at the cracks. You know, I just felt so out of control with my anxiety because these are all things that, we can't control and I didn't know when it was coming and I just wanted to crumble and I just felt like what is the point of living if I'm never safe what am I going to do if I'm never safe but at the same time I have to keep living and I battled with this every day I did not sleep for a long time and my parents didn't know what to do with me and that was just kind of my state of being and I was having those episodes where the world was speeding up and I was slowing down, but I was also having a panic attack and I just didn't know what was going on. So that was kind of where it all started. And I was like that for a while. And it really affected me because I started getting to an age where, you know, other people would stay home alone after school and my parents kind of needed me to be able to stay home after school so they could be at work. And my sister was gone and it took me a long time to be able to do that. And I remember the first day I did that, I basically heard a noise, was convinced someone was in the house and they were gonna do the whole torture me, then murder me thing. I remember grabbing some knives in the kitchen, hiding behind the couch. I called my, who did I call? I called my mom, my dad, and I was whispering to them on the phone, someone's in the house, they're going to kill me. I had them call the police. It was just a lot. I was just not ready. And I think I was just always ready to jump to the conclusion that any noise I heard was it was time to get killed is basically how I felt. And I sort of put this fear onto other people as well. I remember once my sister's friend was basically babysitting me overnight. And I forget how old I was. I must have been in middle school. And my sister's friend was taking care of me. And she was in high school. And I got one of those chain texts. This was another trigger for my anxiety. I don't know if you won't probably remember these chain emails or chain text messages and they would tell you, you have to forward this to five people or so-and-so is going to come kill you or X, Y, or Z is going to happen. Yeah. So I, I mean, obviously those really tapped into my inner fears and I was super superstitious as well. Anyways, anytime I got one of those chain messages, I would obviously send it and try and do my best to protect myself against these forces. Right. And I got this one text and it said it had this really scary picture of like a girl from the ring, basically. And it said, Sarah's going to come murder you tonight because you open this. And oh, my God, I thought I was done for. I thought we were done for. And I remember, you know, I told 
I told my sister's friend, I said, this is going to happen. We have to protect ourselves. And we basically barricaded ourselves. Every single door that we could close in within the house, we closed and blocked up and like barricaded ourselves into my room. And I built this like fort and I, we had the BB gun and I had like my knife set and I was just a wreck. I was just a wreck. Obviously nothing happened to me, but this was, you know, and I, I know I made her afraid too. Because she thought I knew something, like someone was actually going to come attack me, to attack us. It was just, it was just a lot for me to go through my daily life thinking everyone was out to get me, is to put it lightly. So that was the situation. I also had a really, really hard time with the whole 2012 scenario. So if you recall... 2012 there was this whole idea the world was gonna end um this had me shaking in my boots all the time I just I would cry every single night I was in high school this is going on I would cry every single night because I knew my I thought I knew that my days were numbered and I was looking into I was trying to figure out what I could do to protect myself and I was looking into submarines because I thought that that was the only way I would be able to survive it if you know water was everywhere. I was going to go, I was trying to figure out, okay, I could either die by fire, by water. Someone could kill me. And I basically felt like if I was in a submarine, I would be safe. And I was, I remember I was dead serious talking to my mom about if we could afford to get a submarine for when 2012 came. And she just looked at me like I was insane. And it was hard for me because I was dead serious, but I knew nobody around me could understand the anxiety building up in my body. I feel it right now as I'm talking about this. I was so serious and just convinced. And I remember crying to her and saying, do you not understand that we're going to die and there's nothing we can do? And I remember saying, how can you be okay living in this world where everything's out of your control and you don't know who is going to attack you or what's going to happen and you could just die at any second and I was just so afraid of dying and so afraid of pain and so afraid of other people I just felt like everything the world was out to get me is how I felt and I just never felt safe and it was just a lot to carry emotionally besides that my relationship with school was very strange it always has been so I have always been I was always a very good student. I was always typical, perfect, straight-A student Christina and a big perfectionist. I needed to get 100% on everything, and I was building up this extreme anxiety around school and being perfect at it, and it was debilitating how anxious I got about homework and work and studying. And What was interesting was I, with school, I remember when, when it changed, I was good at school and I loved school and I had no anxiety around it. And then in the first grade, I want to say, or third, I had to give a presentation and, well, this is what happened. I remember having to give a presentation and I killed it. I wasn't worried about it. I nailed it, whatever. And then something happened and my dad got in a really bad biking accident. He got hit by a car. And it really, really traumatized me big time, which also, if you don't know, I don't ride bicycles. I have a fear of bicycles. I don't even know how to ride one. That's a whole other issue. Um, Basically because of this incident and I just have these memories of seeing my dad in the hospital and 
bloody sheets and I thought his legs were chopped off and it was horrifying for me. Anyways, I built these associations between studying for things and this traumatic experience and trying to be a perfectionist and my dad was basically bedridden for like six months and I was trying to take care of him and after that I had another presentation and I built up this extreme extreme anxiety around it and I know that I was basically misplacing my anxiety and feelings surrounding what was happening to my dad onto school and I kind of carried that with me forever and that whole event also just reinforced this idea that I had in my head that I could never be safe going out in the world like you could just be riding your bike along the road and then someone could hit you and you could fly 100 feet and break your leg in 15 places and be left on the side of the road and have to make it back to the hospital somehow yourself or just be left there and that really really scared me and it made me really distressed to think that no matter how strong you could be emotionally or physically or how good of a person you could be there was nothing that could stop something bad from happening you it broke me to see somebody like my father broken from this experience from some random stranger but anyways that all got very connected to my relationship with school they got intertwined and it definitely complicated things for me I just remember having panic attacks around the idea of memorizing something and studying something and I know it was really hard for me to try and explain my relationship with studying in school to other people and how anxious I got because everybody just assumes that if you're a good student, it's easy for you. And it was so, it was so much deeper than that. Like, (laughs) it's not about school. It was this deeper connection I had made. And I basically had connected this emotion of having to study for something with, like, almost dying or someone I love being in severe distress. And, sorry. (laughs) Okay, I didn't think I was going to start crying. <laughs> okay. Um, at this point in the anxiety. But that sort of stuck with me through school. And just from then on, I put this insane pressure on myself to try and be perfect. And I felt like school was the one thing in my life I could control. And I was good at. And I could get 100%. And I needed to get 100%. And everything else was always iffy. Because someone could attack me at any moment. Someone could kill me at any moment. Someone I loved could die at any moment. And that was the one thing I could control, and I really just clung hard to that. If this isn't making any sense, I'm sorry, but this is literally just... This was my my thought pattern. This is literally how I thought, and really, truly, deeply believed this. So that was a big part of why school was really hard. And I was so anxious all the time that obviously this was also making me very sad, and depressed and it was just hard for me to go through life but my depression really hit hard when I was in middle school and that was sort of when I knew I remember just thinking I have depression and I don't know of anything in particular that triggered it but it was just this general I felt like there was this dark cloud hanging over me and I was really really unhappy and there was a lot of bullying going on in middle school And, you know, girls are really mean and boys are really mean. And I felt like 
no one cared about me. I felt like no one really, I felt like no one loved me, which I know sounds like that's such a classic dramatic middle school thing, but I literally felt like no one loves me. No one cares about me. Anytime I talk, someone yells at me or gets mad at me. At school, everyone's just talking shit about each other. I'm getting made fun of. I remember getting so many mean messages via AIM. Instant messaging was a huge thing and people really bullied each other on that. There was also this website at school. You know, someone had started a website that was basically, what was it called? The social, social, social something. I don't know. Basically talking about popular kids versus not popular kids and talking shit about people and what was ironic was I guess well at this time when I was so depressed and feeling this way I was a popular kid quote and I had a lot of friends but I felt like they weren't real friends and it always felt like everybody else liked each other more than me and I just always felt out of place and I don't even know I felt this way all through middle school and I don't even know if other people thought I I don't know you know, I just felt like it was all a fraud and no one really understood me or got me. And, you know, my parents worked a lot and I started to have a really strained relationship with my family and I didn't really see them much. And I kind of learned to just stop talking. And I have no really other way to explain it besides to just learn to stop talking. And so I would just be silent as much as I could because I didn't want to upset anyone or offend anybody. Um... And I was also really, really insecure the whole time about the way I looked. I started getting acne and I was really insecure about my skin. And I got made fun. I just got made fun of for the way I looked and I got made fun of for being smart. I got made fun of all the time. And what's weird is it's like even when people are trying to pay you compliments, you feel like you're being made fun of. Like you'd like I'd be made fun of if that someone had a crush on me and that made me embarrassed. Then also went the other way where people were saying horrible things about me. People made fun of my forehead and my big my big front teeth, my buck teeth and even pictures we would post. So when I was in middle school, MySpace was super popular and I mean the whole thing now, it's all so dumb what we cared about. I, in middle school, what we used to do for fun was just go take pictures of ourselves, take selfies for hours. And then we would post them on MySpace and we'd ask for comments from people and likes and you were you basically judged your self-worth based on the number of comments you got or if you were on someone's top friends and it was just horrible and I remember people commenting really really mean things on my pictures and I was so embarrassed I took them down and I was crying and I mean all the stuff I think people were really it was rough and even like The hardest part was that people who I thought were my friends were also bullying me. And so I was confused because someone would be my friend one day and then they would treat me horribly the next. And everybody was bullying each other. And television really glorified this. And I remember thinking, okay, I I mean, I was a bully for a long time because I thought that that was cool. I remember going to see Mean Girls in, I think it was third grade, I want to say or first. I was young, and I remember going to see Mean Girls, and my friend and I, we went to to the movie theaters with her mom and her sister and all their friends, and we came home, and we thought Regina George was the coolest bitch in town, and we thought, and we said, oh my god, let's make a burn book, so we went, and we went and cut up pictures from our class photo and wrote horrible things, and I was in the third grade, 
like this is horrible i was a third grade bitch straight up it was and i just remember thinking that being mean to people was cool and that was how you got people's respect and being nice was lame because this is what the example i was being set by i mean not social media at this point but by television and movies that i was seeing and it's so sad and it wasn't until i started getting really depressed in middle school that my mind really changed about that and i was like i can't be a bully (laughs) because I'm getting bullied thank god I changed my attitude and yeah that was a big eye-opener for me as soon as I got depressed and saw the other side of it it really humbled me a lot anyways I remember just feeling very numb and like I was a zombie going through life and I just didn't know what to do and I remember every day crying and just thinking when is a better day going to come? I don't know if a better day is going to come. And it was also at this time when, I mean, okay, I, I have a flair for being dramatic. I've always had a flair for being dramatic. And I just remember thinking, I just want someone to pay attention to me. And I remember every day just hoping that one of my parents would say, are you okay? We're worried about you. So hoping someone would notice something was wrong with me. And no one noticed. And no one, I felt like no one cared. And this is not, again, I'm speaking from the my mindset as I was going through it. I'm not speaking from like, this is my hindsight, how I feel about it. I'm just trying to explain my mindset at the time. I thought no one cared about me. That's not true. I had lots of people in my life who cared about me. But... I was waiting for someone to help me. I wanted somebody, I wanted someone to come help me. I didn't want to have to ask for it. I wanted someone to love me enough to come ask me and support me. And I just remember going through every day feeling like no one cares. And I would test myself and I would say, if she notices today, then I won't do anything. Or if he says this today, I won't do anything. And I was running out of chances that I set for myself and I also at this time read the book 13 Reasons Why and this is part of why I'm so I mean if you follow me on social media you know I'm fascinated with this series and that book really really made me think a lot and I remember thinking how do I get people to stop treating each other this way how do I get this bullying to stop how do I get people to understand what I'm going through and I remember thinking is this what I have to do? Set up this elaborate plan and maybe commit suicide? And I remember thinking about that, but I I was thinking about this just in the effect it would have on people, not actually how would I commit suicide and even get to that point. But I remember thinking like, maybe that's what I have to do to get people to change. Maybe something, maybe I need to sacrifice myself so people start to understand what's going on. And I remember starting to make a list I remember starting to make a fucking list and writing letters and starting to set up this whole elaborate thing because I was like, this is the only way anyone's going to care is if I do something like this to really scare the shit out of them. And, you know, I was going through this whole elaborate plan and not really thinking about it. And then I remember stopping and I was thinking, what am I doing? I'm not actually going to commit suicide. Like I was so depressed, but I remember thinking I, 
I'm not actually going to commit suicide because as scared as I was to live and felt like there was no point every day, I also was not ready to give up and didn't want to give the world that satisfaction that it had forced me into surrendering. Again, this was my this was my thought process back then. I thought, you know, if I commit suicide, then they, they've won because they've basically done everything they can to ruin me. And I gave in instead of fighting, instead of fighting, coming out and showing them that I can basically get out of this because I wanted to prove everyone so desperately wrong. Who exactly? I'm not sure. I just had this image that the world was against me and everybody wanted me to fall. And I mean, I even felt this honest, like I felt this in my own life. It felt like because I had these expectations on me, put on me by other people and myself that everybody around me was just waiting for me to make a mistake, to fall to call me out, to tear me down, to wait, waiting for me to do something that was embarrassing so they could call me out and make fun of me. That's how I felt. And I just wanted to be like, (laughs) screw you. You are not, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of me just totally crumbling. Cause to me, committing suicide was defeat. That would be admitting defeat. And I realized that I wasn't going to sacrifice myself for people. That's what I thought. I thought I'm not going to I'm not going to give up my life for this shitty person who is bullying me or making me feel like crap. So that shifted my thoughts. And then I remember this other girl in middle school, she attempted suicide and when she came back to school, everybody just thought she was really weird and they were afraid of her and they said she was crazy and It didn't do anything. It didn't fucking do anything. Like, I guess I thought that she would come back and people would think, okay, we should be nicer to her. You know, she was really struggling. People were worse than before. And I felt so horrible. And I mean, to talk about my experience in middle school would just take me 500 hours. Like, I mean, we had really bad... People were messed up what they did and... We had to go to class counseling every week and we had this whole, you know, in Mean Girls at the end where they do all those exercises to like improve their relationships with each other. We had to go to outdoor ed and do that all week and it was just very intense emotional work that honestly didn't really help, but it was a good experience. Anyways, I also, you know, had lost all faith in any teachers or principals or counselors when I was really young in elementary school my sister was in the eighth grade and this guy in her class brought brass knuckles to school and was threatening people with it and then brought a a switchblade the next day and threatening people and then the next day brought a gun and was showing people and you know his friend would throw shit like literally take a shit at school and throw it up against the ceiling in the bathroom and try and get it to land on people and there's just all this weird stuff happening when I was really young and also so I went to private school from kindergarten through eighth grade just so you understand I went to catholic school and the way these children were disciplined was that they weren't disciplined at all 
nothing happened. The school tried to cover it up. Classic Catholic school. Very messed up. And same with, you know, later on when bullying was happening in my class and no one was, no one was fixing it. You know, like no one was going after it. And I've talked about this a bit before, but I felt a lot of the the boys in my class were really, really bullying a lot of the girls. And I did this whole thing where I told my teachers it's not fair that the guys get to act like dicks, basically. And they don't get in trouble. But if a girl did the same thing, she would get detention or suspended. And I asked them if for a week we could do an experiment where we acted like them and we didn't get in trouble just to kind of show the boys this is what this is what it feels like. And it led to this whole big ordeal situation. Um, the guys got really, really upset. It basically was like, I don't know, every, things just got even worse because now we had the girls being, you know, we were breaking rules and being mean and saying inappropriate things and the boys were just going harder at it and really pissed. And then they found out that I did this and then I was getting bullied really, really horribly because of it. And no one had my back and my friends who were girls, you know, tried to pretend like they didn't, you know, when I was doing this, all the girls were like, yes, yay, like, we got you, like, we want to do this too. And then as soon as they found out that the guys were pissed, they were like, we didn't have anything involved, we don't like Christina, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I, thanks, guys, for the support. And once again, it was some people who were my best friends, so... I mean, some of my best male friends all of a sudden turned around and started bullying me because we did this, even though it wasn't even about them. It was about a different group of guys in the class. I know this is all very convoluted and ridiculous, but it broke me because these people who I thought were my best friends now all of a sudden were bullying me and people would be nice to me and try and be my friend when we were just one-on-one but then when we were in front of a group in front of a crowd then they acted differently and it was really frustrating for me and I just felt like I couldn't trust anyone and I felt very much like I was alone on an island and like I didn't have anyone to confide in or turn to or talk to about it so I was just kind of stuck in my head very upset and I didn't know what to do. Anyways, so that happened, and honestly, that's a much bigger story than I just explained it as, but I, it doesn't really matter. All these things, I just was losing faith in everyone. I felt like no one got me, no one understood me. I didn't know what to do. I felt like a zombie, and like everything was just a piece of shit, and I just, I put all of my anxiety and all of my, my unhappiness onto school. That was the one thing I could control and could do and every day was the same and I would go to class I would do sports after school I would study and I would study and I resented I just was like I just have to do this and life will be better later life will be better later I got to high school and I was it got really really bad freshman year was really tough for me I didn't really feel like I had any friends at first it, it was I mean I did because I played volleyball so I made friends and it definitely got easier as I found a group when I you know it got easier once I found a group but even when I did I just still felt really like I was alone on an island and it's that feeling where you you know I could be physically surrounded by 
a ton of people, but I just felt alone. And I always felt like the oddball out and like everyone thought it was weird, but I mean, I had friends and I'm pretty sure that no one expected me. I, I mean, I don't know if anyone from my high school listens to this, but I'd be so curious if they would ever had expected this because everybody thought that my life was perfect and I was so happy basically just because I got good grades. But I got teased a lot for being smart and getting good grades and being a good student. You know, when people are insecure, they just tease you about it basically. But it really got me down and my I was also really really insecure about the way I looked I was really insecure about my skin and my acne and I basically went to town on that and let it control my life kind of and I would not go to events I would skip dances I would come up with excuses to not go to different social obligations and different things that I was looking forward to because my skin was bad and my digestion also started getting really, really bad at this time. And that was making me super depressed and uncomfortable as well. And I just built this wall up with relationships in general. You know, I wouldn't let anyone get too close to me. And it was hard because it was lonely and I kind of did it to myself. But then I also thought it was everybody else too and I also just felt like I did I just felt like I didn't fit in and I felt like no one really liked the same things as me and I mean I had a few really great fr- I definitely had a few really great friends but I still even though they were so great I still just felt like I was always the oddball out and I built these things up in my head. I was literally embarrassed for people to physically see me. I was so embarrassed of the way I looked, even though I had no reason to be embarrassed of the way I looked. And I started, I was thinking about suicide more and more in high school and not really contemplating it in the sense of what would that accomplish? What would happen after? What do I think is happening in the afterlife and would that solve anything would that help people but I I never really thought about it I mean I remember I remember staring at myself in the mirror and I would think about okay I think pills would probably be easiest but I don't even know how many to take or what to take or what to do and I just felt like I don't even know what to do but I also I also don't want to die. Like, I want to figure out how to make life better. Like, I just wanted to figure out how to make it better. And how... Because it just didn't seem fair to me that so many other people around me could be happy and carefree and not have this constant anxiety and depression hanging over them. Why couldn't that be me? You know, I just was hoping and striving that things would get better. And I didn't want to give up. I felt like no one really liked me. I wasn't that good at anything except for school. School is the only thing I was good at. You know, I played volleyball and I was fine. I made the team, but I was never the best. And I felt like I was always singled out. My coaches always hated me. And with the way I looked, I knew I was never going to be the prettiest. I was never going to be the most popular, most exciting person. Even with friends, I just always felt like an outsider. I felt like everybody else had a secret they weren't telling me, even though I don't think this was true at all. I think this was just something I was building up in my head. And, you know, I 
thought I was so ugly and I was ashamed of people to see me or notice me. And I just wanted to fly under the radar, but I also didn't want to fly under the radar because that's not my personality. And I was very, very conflicted. And I truly just felt like a zombie. I cried pretty much every single morning before going to school because I was also feeling this anxiety around school and all of the work I was having to do because I was also pretty much not sleeping. I would go to school, come home. I would go to volleyball. I'd come home and do homework, and I'd probably get two or three hours of sleep. And I just put so much pressure on myself with homework. And I just remember every morning I would wake up and I would turn on my TV and get ready for the day and I would cry. And I would sometimes ask my mom if I had to keep going to school. Part of me just wanted to be homeschooled because I was afraid to go. I was afraid to go the same way I used to. This is a whole other thing. I used to have this issue with going to camps and I thought it. I would have severe anxiety around going to camps and I would always get a big panic attack and I was starting to get this around school but I knew I couldn't just avoid going to school like I could avoid going to camp because I used to do things to get out of it like fake being sick although I would actually get sick because I was so anxious because sometimes I was so anxious it would make me physically sick anyways yeah high school was tough for a while and it was really concerning me because there was this period of time where a bunch of suicides happened. The area I grew up in, there are a ton of high schools in the area, and I didn't realize this was abnormal until I got to college and talked to people, but there are easily like 15 to 20 high schools all pretty much in the same area, if not more, and everybody kind of knows each other, kind of doesn't. It's just, I don't know. It's, you know, but we all kind of knew each other by association, I guess, and... At, at these different high schools, I was hearing about all these different suicides, and it was always the same story. It was someone who everybody thought was perfect. It was the popular girl, the most beautiful girl. She's popular and has so many friends and had an, a great boyfriend and was a straight-A student and was on student government and, you know, was varsity captain of her sport team and it was this over and over again or or vice versa with with young men you know somebody who everybody thought had everything was perfect and people didn't understand why and I remember people talking about this and thinking in my head I understand why because there's so much goddamn pressure on all of us because I'm sitting here feeling this way and no one notices or no one cares not, of course, like, and it broke my heart because I just remember thinking, I don't know what the hell I can do because I don't want this to, I don't want anyone else to have to feel the same way that I'm feeling right now. Like, no one should have to endure this. I felt like I was being tortured every single day in my own head. I was trapped in my own head and I felt like I was being tortured and I just didn't want anyone else to feel this way. And it just wasn't going to stop. And I would sit there and watch these things that people do to each other and I can't even get into that in this episode, but, you know, that's why I think 13 Reasons Why is so interesting because I'm seeing adults watch it and they're saying, okay, that's a dramatization. That kind of stuff does not actually happen. No, that kind of stuff actually happens at high school. Like, people physically abuse each other and they verbally abuse each other and the, the amount of bullying and backhanded shit that goes on is 
honestly, it makes my stomach churn. And I know that doesn't happen for everybody. And that's not everybody's experience, but it does happen for plenty of people. And some of the things that went down and I mean, it makes me sick. It makes me sick. And it's really sad that I think about it now, like these people who are 15, 16, 17, 18 are dealing with shit that you adults think are only happening to 35 year olds. And it's not at all. And we have so much access to information now and social media is a really really scary thing and people take pictures of each other and spread pictures around and people have access to drugs and weapons and they are watching things on tv and movies and getting ideas and it's really fucking scary and you know i in high school there were also a few bomb threats that went on that really just scared me to my core and I couldn't understand how people could even function. I just remember thinking, how is anyone, like I could not function as a human being because I thought, how can I go to, I'm so unsafe. And all of these school shootings really were affecting me emotionally and I just was crying every night and I was afraid to go to school and I couldn't understand how my friends would just go and be like, oh yeah, that was really sad. And it didn't affect them as much as it was affecting me, I felt like. And the fact that teachers could just go on with their lives without making some big change to try and fix this and try and affect these mental health issues. And sorry, I'm getting worked up, but I just feel like no one is fucking doing anything. Like, what are we going to do? Like, there are kids here who are in distress. And I remember being afraid of kids at school because I I could tell that they were depressed or I would see someone get made fun of and I would think, oh my God, I'm really scared that that person is going to come back and like do something horrible. And it was just so messed up that people were being so mean to each other and doing horrible things to each other. And like, I mean, it's horrible on every end. It's horrible that people feel so unhappy and that people are getting bullied and it's also horrible that people are being bullies and it's horrible that people feel like they have no way out other than these extreme measures you know I remember again with I was on a college trip when the the it was one of the first big shootings happened and it was in the movie theater at the Batman movie I think it was and after that, I mean, going to the movie, I couldn't go to the movies for like a year. And anyone who knows me knows that that was, that's a big ordeal because I love movie theaters and I love movies. And that was my favorite thing to do ever. And I remember breaking, I was in the hotel room when I found out about it and I just had a mental breakdown on the floor and I was heaving and my heart was pounding. I thought I was going to die. And my mom was like, what is happening? And I was like, I am not safe anywhere. I'm not safe anywhere. And I, I told her, I said, I don't, I can't leave the hotel room ever. I don't want to, I can't leave. I can't go out. And, you know, she just didn't, she goes, Christina, you're being dramatic. Christina, calm down. It's fine. No one's going to get you. You like everybody walks around in life. They're fine. And I just remember, I feel like I was going crazy. I'm like people and no one is, you know, people are blaming this on the gun. And I mean, I'm not going to get into that issue of if it's the gun or the people, whatever. I care about the fact that people are getting hurt and people are acting out of hurt and hatred and whether or not it's depression or or just like another mental illness what like we need to pay attention to people and like recognize that people are struggling and 
oh, sorry, I'm just going off. I just get so upset over this. But and it all just goes back to like I was in high school thinking this is so messed up and I am so depressed and unhappy and I feel unsafe and everybody here is horrible and I felt like everyone was out to get me and even people who I thought were friends you know like I said I just learned to stop talking I was I tr- I filtered everything I said and even just small things like I never wanted to talk about anything I cared about because I knew someone was going to steal it from me. I thought someone was going to steal my idea or steal a friend from me or anyone I liked. I didn't want to talk about it because multiple times I had really close friends of mine. You know, I would say, you know, I was talking to someone, I liked them, and then she would immediately go and try and steal my man. And, you know, it would happen over and over again. And I just thought, wow, everyone I trust, anytime I'm trying to be happy, it just gets squashed. And... I just feel like everyone was out to sabotage me. Even with school stuff, I felt people would try and sabotage projects I was doing. And it was, it was rough. And then I just, to protect myself, I just tried to put up a wall, put up fences around me. And I saw what other people were doing. And, you know, like I said, I was super insecure about the way I looked. And I knew that people would, I would see what how other people were bullying people on the way they looked or what they wore or whatever. And I just was so afraid that that was going to go on with me. And, I mean, I was just very unhappy. I was a very unhappy person. Very unhappy. And every day was the same, and I hated every day. I loathed school. I was so anxious about it, and I felt like I was walking into a torture chamber every single day. Like, I was... I I was forced to go to prison every day is how I felt and I just thought I just have to be I was burnt out too from all the work I was doing and I just thought I just have to get through this just have to get to college things will get better just have to get to college and things will get better and I also took my first psychology class when I was a junior and learned a lot and realized I was really fascinated with this and I realized that I had some mental health issues and I wanted to learn more about psychology to better understand myself and I was determined to make it so that no one else would have to go through what I was going through because I was still going through this whole experience and I felt like no one was helping me or asking me or no one cared and I I mean I didn't even know what was wrong I just remember thinking I'm so depressed and I hate my life and I don't even know what's wrong And I also don't know how to make it better. And I was trying to explore what I want to do in the future. And I wasn't sure, but I knew I definitely wanted to study psychology. And I thought maybe I, in my head, I thought, okay, I would really like to be a counselor at high school or middle school to like basically deal with these people who are bullies because I don't want this happening to other people. And so I thought that. I could come back as an adult and make it right by that, by doing what I wished adults did when I was younger, that I felt like they all failed me and didn't know. They were just so oblivious to what was going on, and when they tried to help, they didn't help. They just made it worse, and no one was punished who should have been punished. No one was helped who should have been helped, and I wanted to be a better counselor for people. I also learned a lot about philosophy in high school and took... A few classes 
that were about philosophy they weren't we didn't have like philosophy class but our english classes we would have like philosophy semesters and i was learning a lot about futility and just thinking a lot about life's purpose and what are we all doing here and i were just really questioning my purpose and if my life was worth anything and what i could do to make it worth something or if all of this you know all this is just a figment of my imagination and like I mean, this object in front of me, is it even real? Like, what is the point of me being here? And also, what is the point of me suffering? And all these thoughts are going through my head. And I was just really into reading books about this whole idea of our purpose and, like, what it means to be a human and if anything is actually reality. And just the the theme of futility came up over and over again. And it was really cutting at my core because I was trying to figure out a way out of this but all of this is running through my head and by this point I I mean I had gotten old enough and lived with this for long enough that I had kind of had to just learn to just live with it and but it was also kind of getting worse and I didn't realize at the time what was doing it but I was on so many antibiotics for my skin trying to clear that up I became obsessed with that and was doing everything I could to try and fix my skin and the antibiotics were really messing with my mood and my digestion was worse and worse which was also really affecting my mental health but I had no idea at the time and I was eating a lot of foods that I know now were making me not be able to think clearly and I learned to eat my feelings and I didn't realize it at the time but I definitely just ate my feelings all the time and ate crap honestly I lived off of cookies and brownies and Nesquik and Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey and all of the things gummies watermelon sour patch kids and I would just eat my feelings and I would eat my feelings do my homework hate everybody hate everything complain about everything push everyone away also not engaged with people. It was just, it was just a disaster. At the end of high school, things got better. Things got a lot better, honestly, because I just kind of gave up and gave up on this idea that I was ever going to have this picture perfect life that I saw in the movies and also decided like I didn't give a shit about ever trying to hang out with all these people. And I just stuck with my group of friends and you know, we kind of did our own thing and didn't care about about anyone else. And I was much happier that way. And I I realized that the less I spent time with people who were so toxic and mean to each other, you know, all the drama that was going on, it was just like too much. Even I wasn't even involved in the drama, but just being around those negative, toxic, horrible people who are, you know, stealing each other's boyfriends, having sex with each other's boyfriends, you know, roofing each other, sexually assaulting each other, stealing shit from each other, stealing thousands of dollars from families, vandalism, threatening each other with guns, like, all this shit. I was like, oh my god, this is really, this is really uh, affecting my, my happiness, because I can't think about all this. And in terms of my other phobias and fears, I basically learned to deal with that by just avoiding the news and current events at basically all costs anything that would make me depressed about the world which is kind of everything I just avoided so I tried not to ever see the news ever read a newspaper 
ever stay up to date on what's going on in the world. Um, and that was my way. I just, I just learned, I just, all I knew how to do was avoid, avoid. And that helped me cope with it. But I went through life. I, at the end of high school, things did get a lot better when I was just like, eh, I'm going to just not engage with any of you. And I just stuck to my, my, my group of friends. (laughs) And I know people thought, people got mad because we just kind of stopped talking to them, but I have no regrets. I don't care. And I also was in a really great relationship and things were, things were good, but I still had these internal issues, you know? And I went to college and college was really rough. I was, I got extremely depressed again basically because I was in LA by myself and I definitely felt like I didn't connect with anyone here and I had a group of friends but I still always felt like the oddball out and I had trouble making more friends because people who were in sororities didn't want to be friends with me because I wasn't in a sorority I was literally told this to my face meanwhile people who weren't in sororities didn't want to be my friend because I seemed like a sorority girl This was very frustrating. I was really just craving some type of relationship where someone genuinely wanted to be my friend and was someone who just cared about me because I felt like there wasn't anybody who really cared about me. And even though I had my boyfriend at the time and he was great, I, I still felt like something was missing. We were long distance and I would try to see him as often as possible, but I really just needed someone there in the flesh who cared about me. I really needed that. I also was living with a roommate who was very difficult to live with because she had her own mental health issues going on very clearly and it was hard for me to handle, especially when I was so sick with mono. She literally tried to perform an exorcism on me. It was very intense. And I basically spent every day in the office crying, trying to get moved into another room. And like I mentioned, I was sick. I had a case of mono, a chronic case of mono that made me so exhausted and depressed. And I just felt like my life was useless. Every day was the same. I was so tired. I would just go to class, study study crap I did not care about that was not improving my life at all and it was that again and again and I I wasn't getting enjoyment out of anything and I felt like what is my I I was really struggling with my life purpose I thought if I don't have a purpose here then why am I here like I wanted to be doing something useful I wanted to be helping someone I wanted to be making a change I wanted to not feel like every day I just remember it makes me so irritated to think about this honestly Like, I didn't have the opportunity to do something worthwhile because I had to go to school and do this and that. And I was just like, I'm so sick of this shit. Like, let me just live my life and try and do something helpful. And I'm still seeing the same stuff go on. You know, you go to college and you go to frat parties and you see people doing some messed up shit. Like, let's just put it that way. You see sexual assault. You see people harassing each other and getting in fights and getting violent. And you see people spiking each other's drinks and you see people stealing stuff. And I mean, you just have to be aware. And then meanwhile, you know, you hear about people are getting stabbed or shot on their way out. And it's just a scary world. And then, you know, someone 
there was a fire at one of the buildings, it was arson, or, you know, someone finds someone had committed suicide, and I'm learning about more suicides, and I'm just thinking, it makes me so mad that people hear about this, and they go, I don't understand why, why do people do that, and I was thinking in my head, I know why people do it, like, because they are so distraught, and feel like there's no way out, that's why they commit suicide, and it's so sad because it's like I understood it on that level, but then also didn't understand it on how you could actually go through with it. Because, I mean, I couldn't understand actually going through with it, but I understood the depression part of it, you know. It was just a very intense time. And I'm starting to get into the timeline that I know I've already chatted about, but I didn't really know what to do and I felt very alone and lonely and even people who tried to reach out to me, I just, I mean, it wasn't helping. So I started seeing a therapist. I started seeing a ton of different therapists actually and I saw one woman for a while and it was okay but I think it's hard. It was really hard for me to find a therapist because with every single person, I felt like they were mad at me or I felt like they were judging me or I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere And it was frustrating and I, you know, I tried one woman for a while and I just felt like I'm doing this, but I'm not seeing any, it's not helping. And then I started seeing someone else and I felt like she would get mad at me or yell at me. And then I went to see someone else and felt like she was judging me. I tried to go at school. I gave up for a while. Then I tried to go back to school. And then when I went to school, they just said, you know, you need a really high level of care and we can't help you here. Thanks. Thanks, UCLA. Thank you for that one. And I just felt like it was so much work and energy to find someone. I just wanted to give up because it is exhausting going to a therapist and explaining your whole life story and basically explaining everything that depresses you in your life. And the truth is that there are things in my life that were really causing a lot of my depression as well that I, I mean, straight up right now, I can't talk about on this podcast because I can't, you know, I'm very open and honest with you guys and I put myself out there as much as I can because I feel like it helps other people, but I don't live a life in isolation and there are a lot of people in my life who have impacted me, but I choose to put myself out there. Um, they didn't sign up for it. So there are people in situations that I don't talk about or I I'm not going to talk about because um I I would never just throw someone's life out there to the world without telling them um or like having their permission to do that because I understand how intense it can be so I leave that I leave those things out um and I I this I feel like part of this might be confusing because you might feel like I've overreacted to stuff but I guess all I can say there are things in my life that were really hard to deal with and I maybe at a maybe later I will open up about what went on but I can't implicate those people's lives at this point and so that's all I can say about it but I was just I was really struggling and with with a lot of that but also all this other depression and feeling like I had no purpose and I was getting let down again and again by different psychologists and you know it was first of all I mean just financially and 
logistically me getting from my dorm somewhere and paying for somewhere and I was try I would say okay this one's gonna work out this one's gonna work out and then I get there and I explain everything and I'm exhausted from telling my story and I just felt like I gotta okay and no one was really helping me and after a ton of different therapists and I felt like I'm trying again and again I'm asking for help and no one is reciprocating or you keep te- you keep telling me, oh, I'm not equipped to handle you. You're too much. So go to someone. Go see someone else. Well, who is gonna help me? Like, isn't this what you went to school for? You know, like, and I'm I'm this 19 year old girl, and I'm just draw, and it was bad. Anyways, I my sophomore year things got really bad, and I could feel it getting worse and worse and I just hated college every single day was like torture I felt like I had no purpose in this life I start this is when I started binge eating and it got I would just cry every day I tried to hide it from everybody around me I was still in therapy, but I wasn't really sharing the binge eating part of it because whenever I well I would bring that up and my therapist would just kind of dance around it because I know they weren't really prepared to deal with me. And at the same time, I was a psychology major and I was learning a lot about mental health, obviously, and piecing all these things together myself. And I just remember feeling really let down by everybody I went to see, like, you're not doing a good job. I am understanding this more than you. And I just wasn't finding the right the right person. I I couldn't find the right fit for me. And I don't, I mean, I don't know where this disconnect was, but I also started just realizing more and more that what I was going through, I was severely depressed and I had major anxiety and I was getting the response of go on medication. And at the time I just didn't want to go on it. And it, it wasn't, be, it was not because I had any thing about medication or pills. I didn't, I honestly thought that it was kind of, I I mean, growing up, I thought it was cool to have a shrink and to go on Xanax. That was a cool thing to do. But I was like, I don't want to go on medication because I want to get to the root of this. I don't want to just take a pill that makes me happy. I want to get to the root of what is making me so unhappy and so anxious and like fix my life. And everybody I was seeing was saying, well, just take the pill and I'll help you get there. And I just remember thinking, how is that going to solve anything in my actual life? How is taking a pill going to make me get out of college faster or repair these relationships in my life or make people stop treating each other like shit or stop all of these suicides and shootings at school? And meanwhile, you know, there was a, a that really bad shooting at UCSB, which is where my best friend w- was at. And two of my best friends were there and that literally broke me I was just sobbing for like days and I don't think they even she she even knows it because I just oh my god and then there was a shooting at UCLA and I wasn't on campus for that and that was later but all these things it was just bad and I just remember getting so upset because I felt like they were trying to take the easy way out and just put a pill on me instead of getting to the root of the issue because I was like okay so what I'm just gonna take a pill and that's my life no, that's not, I can't go through my life without 
actually getting to the root of things. I need to figure out how to repair relationships, how to find good relationships, how to change my relationship with school and work and my the pressure I put on myself and this perfectionism and this type A-ism and being afraid that someone's going to murder me and that a natural disaster is going to arrive. Like I, I need to be able to work through this is how I felt. And I was just getting really, really upset. So I kind of gave up on... I, I just gave up on that for a while and my I remember the the last time I went to therapy was after my grandma died and I was crying in the office telling her like telling my therapist what was going on with my my grandma dying and how hard it was for me and I felt like everything was falling apart and I didn't know what to do and she just looked at me and she goes, you just need to stop getting so upset over everything. Just stop stressing out. That's literally the advice she gave me. That was the advice I was getting over and over again. Just stop stressing. Don't be, don't be anxious. Just be happy. Okay. Telling someone to stop stressing out and telling someone to just be happy literally does the opposite of that. If you tell me not to stress out, I'm going to start stressing out about stressing out. I was so frustrated and just felt like this is horrible guidance and so irresponsible. And I'm just, in general, this is why I just hate people who don't get to the root or get to the point or work through the hard stuff. You know, like, let's just get in there and dive and talk about these deep things and emotions and thoughts inside of us. And I, this is why I hate small talk and I just, I live for those deep emotional talks and getting through stuff and being uncomfortable, you know, like you got to be uncomfortable to get anything positive out of it, I guess. That's a whole other tangent, but that was definitely difficult. So this also overlapped with my health starting to kind of fall apart. So after the binge eating episode, episodes, I was really deep into the binging because I just thought, this is the only thing that makes me feel good. This is the only thing I can do. And I just ate my feelings again and again. And I remember just being on the floor, crying, stuffing my face. My gut issues are really, really bad. I was in so much pain all the time. I didn't know what to do. I was so bloated all the time. I was uncomfortable. I was embarrassed. And I just felt like everything was out of control. And then I ended up just totally flip-flopping things. And I told myself that, you know, school was no longer going to be the only thing I was good at. I, because I mean, in college, I put all this pressure on myself as well. Like I've never got, I've never got an A minus in my life. I never got in college. I wanted to make sure I got a hundred percent on my classes. I was literally that kind of person and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and I thought, okay, I want to be good at something else too. So I'm going to be good at being healthy. So this is when I start getting into working out and trying to eat clean and, you know, long story short, listen to episode 63 if you want to know the whole thing. I be, I became obsessed with working out and I ate really clean. And the thing is, my mental health did improve a lot through that. Like, a lot. And I, I was noticing how much better and happier I was feeling naturally. And I wasn't getting as stressed about things. And exercise was the first thing that I ever did that worked as a stress reliever. Because having been in therapy for so long, people would say like you know try this try that and nothing was working 
And I just also was hopeless about it all. But exercise was the first thing that I really noticed as a, as a stress reliever that was very helpful immediately. And I, I, that's a big reason why I clung to it because it was the only thing every day that I knew would lift my mood, make me happy and excited. And as I cleaned my diet, after I got rid of the gluten and the dairy, I noticed a huge difference in my happiness levels and my energy. And this was also helping improve my overall health too, as my gut health was, you know, changing my thoughts were changing and then I had that whole episode with my stomach and I basically stopped absorbing all food and my digestive system stopped working I lost a ton of weight and I hit rock bottom again and I was so depressed and this is probably the worst my depression ever had been I was out of my mind and I mean I wasn't eating enough food I was not eating enough fat at all and this is what our hormones are made up of and you know neurotransmitter production you need healthy fats and healthy proteins in your diet to have good mental health and I was not absorbing even that which I ate so and I didn't realize this at the time my mental health was in the tank and I felt like everything was out of control no one could help me I was googling everything trying to fix my stomach and I was losing so much weight and I felt like a crazy person I was really depressed and once again you know thought okay what is the point of my life I don't know if I can get out of this and I started having more intense panic attacks like more intense than I had ever had in my whole life before and it was really, really scaring me because I knew that my heart could stop because I was so thin and underweight. And I was feeling really distraught because at this time I became really isolated from everybody around me and I lost a lot of friends. My family wasn't speaking to me for because of miscommunication reasons, basically. But... I know a lot of my friends in my life just stopped talking to me because they were uncomfortable and I felt very isolated and alone and I mean the only person I was talking to regularly was I mean my roommate who's amazing and one of my best friends who was out of the country and my therapist and my nutritionist and my doctor so those are the only people and I just remember thinking like wow no one really no one gives a shit about me and I also thought I saw my death coming basically and I thought am I really supposed to die like is this how it's gonna go down and I was so I but then I thought but I don't have anything to live for right now like I don't I don't think I have anything to live for anyways and the worst night of it all was I was on the phone with someone um and it went really sour really fast and this person was screaming at me and it basically induced a really bad anxiety attack and the room was spinning and my heart was pounding and you know I was like heaving on the floor and I just collapsed on the floor and I was so weak and thin I was like 73 pounds and I literally collapsed on the floor and I was home alone you know I had three apartment mates and they weren't there and I just remember crying and I thought honestly I have nothing and no one and I made a list in my head of 10 people and I said I'm gonna call these 10 people and if one of them picks up then I will not kill myself but if 
10 people, if I go through 10 people and no one cares enough, then I really don't have anyone. And I'm just going to end it because I was in such physical and mental, like, anguish that I saw no other way out. And I just wanted to be done. And I was just so numb to life at this point. I was just so numb because every day was a fight. Every day was a struggle. And I was tired of fighting and I didn't have enough energy to keep fighting. And, you know, I... I remember crawling. I literally crawled because I was in the kitchen and I collapsed on the floor and I crawled into my room and I called a few people and no one was answering and I was getting towards the end of the list and I was getting really scared because I thought if I get to 10, it's done. And thankfully someone called me back who I had basically called them earlier and she called me back and she's you know I told her I was having a really hard time and she said okay like she called me and then we talked and and then I thought after that that scared the shit out of me that I was so ready at that point and I was really afraid of myself so I locked myself in the bathroom I locked myself in the bathroom until someone else came home because I was afraid of myself and that I was going to, I was afraid of myself and I was going to go into the kitchen and get a knife is what I was nervous about. And I felt safer in the bathroom. So I just laid there and cried for hours, for hours. I just cried and that gave me the motivation I guess that night to keep fighting for myself because I knew one other people one other person cared about me and you know after that I went on a long journey of trying to restore my health and I decided once again I'm not going to give up like I'm not gonna let everyone who I think is against me I'm not I'm gonna prove them wrong I'm not going to let them win. I don't even know who them is. I'm not going to let this fucked up world win. You know, like, I'm not going to let them take my happiness away from me. Like, I wanted, I felt like I deserve to be happy just like anyone else. Why does anyone else get to deserve that and not me? You know? And why is it so hard for me? What is wrong with me that it's so hard for me? And every day is a struggle because I don't want it to be like this. And, you know, I felt crazy. Does anyone else think about this the way I think about it? Is anyone, is everybody feeling this way and not talking about it? Or am I really screwed up and, and just no one, no one feels this way. Like I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. And Whenever I tried to talk about it with someone, they would just not want to talk about it or avoid it. And I just gave up on that idea. And I just lost faith in, like, humanity and this world and everything. And as I... After that, (laughs) I really changed my attitude with a lot of things. And I just felt like I can't... I, I, it helped me figure out what my purpose was. And finding a purpose really changed everything for me. And my purpose was, like, helping everybody. Like, anyone who had gone through something similar to me, I wanted to make sure I could help them get out of it. I wanted to share what I had been through. Because this whole time I was searching the internet and forums to find someone who I could relate to. I just wanted to feel heard and, like, I wasn't crazy and, like, someone could relate to me. And... I just wanted to be the person that I was searching for. And, 
you know, it's easier for that gateway to be opened with the, the gut health stuff because that's more tangible for people. Um, and I just saw how that transformed my life. And as I learned more and more, I realized that taking care of my physical health, this way of living, this holistic approach, it really changed my mental health. And I did during the, during the time when I was really, really thin and just at the lowest point in my life, I went on medication and I tried so many different pills because I was just desperate to, you know, get help and feel better. And, you know, I was learning more and more about recovery and I understood that I was pretty much just, I I couldn't think straight. And I knew very much that I needed something chemically to help me think a little clearer to help calm me down, especially because I was so worried about the strain and the stress on my heart. And I just needed to stay calm and get through the day and get through things. So I tried different medications and I am, I'm glad I did. And unfortunately, none of them worked. I felt like I was having really bad side effects for pretty much everything I tried. And the ones that didn't give me bad, like, side effects necessarily just made me feel like a zombie and it was even worse and it you know I it was a solid eight months or so of trying different things actually it was way more than that now I think about it basically and then at the end I don't even fully understand this but my psychiatrist basically said that she that I'm intolerant to SSRIs and then later on the doctors were explaining that they can get was because my gut health was so was just so destroyed my my gut was so destroyed and SSRIs if you don't know are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors so these affect the receptor sites on our cells for neurotransmitters like serotonin but I think also this just has to go with the fact that I mean I wasn't absorbing or using any food and my I mean my body wasn't responding to anything I was putting into it so I can see how an SSRI wasn't helping anything. Anyways, so I ended up having... I mean, I was very... Like, I wanted that to work so badly, and it just didn't work for me. It didn't work for me, unfortunately. But thankfully, I found that diet and lifestyle changes were much stronger and better, and it took time, but I got there, and that's why I'm so passionate about all these natural remedies now. And, you know, it wasn't like I... It wasn't like I was depressed and anxious one day and I woke up the next day and I'm like, I'm happy and I don't have anxiety. No, it was a very slow thing. And it, and then it was kind of like something where I woke up and I thought, you know, what's so weird is I haven't felt anxious in a while. I haven't been depressed. Like I wake up and I'm excited to get up. You know, I don't wake up every day dreading the day. I don't, I would dread going to sleep because I would dread getting up because I hated, I, I hated the thought of the day ahead. I hated everything. You know, I have relationships in my life now that mean so much to me and I feel like I have a purpose and I feel like I'm here for a reason so I have a reason every day to get up and do something and I also really changed the people I surround myself with and I realized how much my not only my physical environment affects things but also my I mean the people I'm around is what I'm getting at affect things and I explain to people it's kind of like I've had two lives I feel like the person after I got really sick I'm a completely different person than beforehand and I know that people who knew me growing up 
don't recognize me like emotionally like they don't know me uh, i mean and physically cut my hair but whatever i know bad time for a joke but just i know this is intense i when i spend time with those people now who i used to be around all the time not not everybody but as a general whole i can see see why i was so unhappy because a lot of those people were really toxic and really negative and I am around them now and I just see how they frame everything in such a negative manner and they always see the negative sides of things and they're always complaining and you know like their lives are great and instead of focusing on anything that's good all they talk about are the bad things or all they do is talk negatively about other people and it's just all this hate and toxicity and that manifests in our bodies and that is why it's hard for me to be back in the Bay Area and be back around people who I used to spend time with because I just think you have such a toxic, negative outlook on life and I don't see the world that way anymore. But while I was around them, while I was growing up, that is how I saw the world. And that is the lens I saw everything through. And no wonder, you know, when you're, no wonder I was so unhappy because I found the negative in everything and I never looked for the positive. And I tried to force relationships that I, th- I thought I should have instead of just being confident in myself and finding people who actually have the same interests as me. I was just trying to fit in and I don't think I want to fit in. I just want to be me and then people who like me and connect with me will interact with me. I stopped trying to force my personality or act a certain way to please other people and realized that there are more people in this world. Why am I trying to impress that specific person or that specific group? Instead, let me find people who I actually connect with and actually have things in common with. And I'm much happier now that I'm that way. And ever since I really got to know myself and accept myself and just be confident in myself, everything else doesn't really matter. And I realized so many of the things that I focused on before, I'm just detached from like, the, the way I look and my body image things that I was so insecure about, like, I don't really look in the mirror that much anymore. I don't really worry about it. And, you know, I think about when I was in high school and I would break out. I would cancel my my plans that I had. You know, I would find an excuse. I would hide myself. I wouldn't take a picture. And now it's like today if I break out, first of all, now I, I know why. And I also will just be like, oh, okay. And then I just move on, you know, like, and I used, I remember thinking like when I was so insecure in, in middle school and high school and even in college, I couldn't even focus on the conversation in front of me because I was so insecure about the way I looked. And all I could think in my head is they're staring at my stomach. They're staring at my skin. They're staring at this. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. And I mean, this is no way to live. And it's bes- beside me now because I don't even... I don't think about that anymore and I'm so grateful, but I think I was there were so many things that were holding me back from this new perspective I have on life and you know, I used to harp over all the negative things that people would say anytime anyone insulted me or made fun of me. I really really hung hung on to it and to this day, I mean, when people say mean things, it sticks with me. It hits me hard. I mean, I know I act tough sometimes and I definitely am I have thick skin but I'm like a tootsie pop you know I I've got a tough exterior but I've got that mushy center and things hurt like I'm still a human at the end of the day and 
but now I have a better perspective, I guess, on it. And instead of just when someone says something mean to me thinking, wow, I'm worthless, I think, you know, sometimes I'm like, wow, that sucks. But then I take a step back and think, okay, no, these are all the positive things. These are things I love about myself and my worth isn't defined by what that person says or thinks or feels. And I'm not for everybody and that's going to be okay. And, you know, maybe that person is coming from a place of pain because I know at some of the most painful times in my life, I was really mean to other people. And there are definitely times when I have really anxiety, there are things that trigger it. And there are days or sometimes even weeks where I get depressed again. But the difference is, and this isn't my default state, and now it hits me even harder. And I was describing this to actually my friend, and I said, it's like when you go gluten-free, and then you try gluten again, and it hits you so much harder, and you think, what the hell? Why is gluten killing me so much? This didn't happen to me before. It's like you get more sensitive to it. And now I really notice it because now I know what it's like to kind of have a blank slate. And then when things trigger an episode of anxiety or depression, I, it hits me really hard. But I also usually know what caused it. And I also know that I can get out of it that life isn't going to be like that and I have new perspective so here I go again with a long podcast sorry but I mean I really have a lot more to say on this topic but let me wrap up with a few things I just wanted to share all this because if you're struggling and feeling hopeless like I was because I throughout this whole time just thought like this is gonna be my life I'm a depressed person I have an anxiety disorder and this is just, I'm going to have to figure out a way to live with this and I'm just never going to reach the state of happiness that other people do. That's just what I thought and no, I feel so fortunate and lucky to have figured things out and I feel very blessed in my life and my life is not perfect, but it doesn't need to be perfect. You know, I'm really happy. So, and I feel really lucky that I'm actually happy because I know so many people who are not happy and I didn't think I was going to be. So, I just want to let you know if you feel down that you're not alone and people go through this and people come out of it and I don't want you to ever give up. I don't want you to ever give up on yourself. And there are always resources and I think this conversation needs to be opened up and I want people to start thinking about the way they treat each other and the way they treat themselves. Like, you don't know how the smallest things you do can affect someone else. Like, just actually genuinely asking somebody, like, how are you? Like, being there for someone, checking in on someone, being aware of signs that someone is feeling down, like, supporting, just, we just as humans function better when we have a solid human like a solid support and human connection and deep meaningful relationships so let's create that let's care about each other and let's stop being mean to each other and bullying each other and putting each other down and sabotaging each other and thinking there's not enough space for all of us because it's bullshit you know and it can just be the smallest thing it can be smiling at someone It can be complimenting someone. You know, compliments are so underrated and people, like, don't want to compliment each other, don't want to say good things, people don't want to support each other. And it's just those things that can really 
those things can really turn someone's day around and you don't know what they're, you just never know what someone's going through. So don't judge, don't judge without knowing. That's all I can tell you. Please don't judge because you never know. Someone who you think could have the most perfect life could have the complete opposite and people who you think share everything don't share everything. There's no way to know everything about a person's life. The reality is that everyone has their own struggle in life and I think we just all need to be a little bit more compassionate and also just remember that sometimes saying nothing to someone for them can feel the same as you saying something hurtful. So if you can, say something encouraging or kind. And think about how you treat yourself because so much of my life I spent putting myself down and saying horrible things to myself without even realizing it and saying I wasn't good enough and that I had to do this to be good enough and I had to look this way to be good enough and I was comparing myself to other people and I had to stop and that wasn't quick and it wasn't a breeze but I practiced and I became aware of of what I was saying to myself and I made lists of things that I liked about myself and I Learn to not be ashamed to give myself compliments. You know, I started by complimenting other people and then I realized that I could compliment myself and it was okay and I wasn't a bad person or full of myself. And it's okay to be proud of yourself and give, and give credit to yourself for the amazing things you do. You should. You absolutely should. If you can't love, it's so cliche, but it's true. If you can't love yourself, then no one else can. And people are going to treat you the way you treat yourself. If you respect yourself and love yourself, then other people pick up on that and it comes back at you. So that's just kind of what I want to say. Regarding how I overcame this, I mean, go to my blog post about this topic and read it. But in a nutshell, cutting out the toxic people, changing my relationships, being way easier on myself, realizing what's important in life, and focusing on good relationships, stop trying to be someone I am not, and on a chemical level, like, this is very much within our bodies as well, because, I mean, it's not, it's, it's addressing all toxins in your life, so this is very internal, and I believe that addressing my gut health was honestly the number one thing. I do not think I would ever have been able to overcome my anxiety or depression without addressing my gut health. And my gut health is far from perfect, but it is so much better. And changing my diet had a huge impact on this and it allowed me to gain the clarity so that I could work through those other things. I was never going to make progress with my relationships with other people or myself until I started getting some more clarity by changing what was going on in my body. So really addressing my gut health and through my diet was a huge one. Exercise, getting outside, getting sunlight. I noticed a big shift in this with like where I am and if there are days when I don't get outside I know my mood is down I think also amino acid therapy can be really helpful I use that for a bit at the beginning while I was going through my gut healing initially and amino acid therapy is also something I use with some of my clients it can really help just to get our bodies some precursors especially if we're not digesting and absorbing everything that can be really helpful giving up some control of things you know really helpful. So I think that 
for me, getting my diet in check, I know my triggers now, sugar, chocolate, um, gluten, and dairy. When I eat them, I know I'll get really depressed pretty quickly after. This may seem crazy to people, but this is my experience, and understanding myself so much better has allowed me to take control of my emotional health, and at the end of the day, I'm going to do what works for me and makes me feel good, and it that's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> you know, if it makes me feel good, I'm going to do it. I'm not hurting anybody else by making myself feel good by doing that. So the last and most important thing was working with a really incredible therapist. And it took me a while to find someone I clicked with. But when I found her, I knew it's like meeting your soulmate. And I felt safe with her. I felt open with her. I could share everything with her. And she helped me work through everything. And I cannot say how grateful I am for finding her. So I really encourage you to not give up on finding the right fit. And I know that there is this taboo around going to see a therapist. But I personally think that most people should be seeing some type of therapist or coach, whether or not they struggle with mental health issues. It is incredibly helpful. And I just really encourage you to ask for help if you're struggling asking for help is the most important thing and I know it can be really hard to do that but I believe you can and when you can when you keep asking for help you will eventually find that help and yeah that was a big big piece of this for me finding someone who listened to me and could help me work through things and who understood me so my therapist was amazing with her help I am finally become someone who is not extremely paranoid all the time and anxious all the time. I'm not depressed all the time. I feel really good and happy and thankfully, even though I do sometimes get anxious or depressed, those times are few and far between. It's not constant anymore. It's a rare occasion and I'm really appreciative that my life has changed in that way. I have found what works for me and I'm really grateful for that and I also now understand better what I can do to maintain my mental health and also what to do when things are triggered. So when I do get anxious, when I have anxiety or if something happens and I do get depressed, I feel like the, that cloud come back over me. I know what to do and some of the things include well, basically making sure I'm doing everything I just described and also I have natural remedies like essential oils. I know you guys think I'm people think I'm woo woo because I love my essential oils but they are powerful. They affect our limbic systems directly. They really affect the way our brains work and I can feel like I can use my oils as a stand-in antidepressant. You know, it's a natural remedy and they're really, really powerful and they help ease my anxiety and they've become part of my life. And I, I mean, I believe in this and I've seen it work for so many people and there are studies on this. They're starting to be used in doctor's offices. So things like that are really, really helpful. And now that I have more education on all of this, I have found things that work for me now when I am feeling less than my best. 
And that's one of many reasons why I love doTERRA so much and why I am a wellness advocate and I have so many clients that these oils have helped a lot with their emotional, mental health as well as physical, but since I'm talking about anxiety and depression, so this stuff is really powerful and really useful and that is a big reason why I'm so into them because they help me. The way I felt like I used to want to depend on something to give me comfort, something to ease my mind, something to just make me feel better. I have this natural oil that I can diffuse or breathe in or apply to my body that calms me down. So even though I'm SSRI intolerant, doesn't matter because I'm not essential oils intolerant. Let me tell you that. (laughs) If you made it through this, congratulations. I hope that was interesting. You probably might think I'm so strange. Honestly, think explaining all this I didn't even explain half the things that also went through my head but explaining all this I realized how how much I was just you know it wasn't normal the way I was thinking in my thought process and I have such a different perspective now and had the same situations come up now I would respond so differently and not feel the same way but you know I was I was deep in a hole I was deep in a dark hole and I and I did not see any light I did not see any way to come out of it but I found my way it took me a while but I hope that my experience can help someone else or just make them feel less alone I hope that me opening up this conversation inspires you to maybe open up this conversation and don't be afraid to ask for help Do not suffer in silence. You do not deserve to suffer. No one deserves to suffer like this, okay? You deserve to be happy. And there are resources. And I think that finding a good therapist is huge. Or finding a health coach or finding someone, you know, when my therapist wasn't helping me, my nutritionist was my stand-in therapist. Or finding a friend who can, you can lay it all down. But getting someone who you could talk to and work through things with, I would not be anywhere without my therapist. Like, I needed her. She was amazing. And it took me a long time, and I gave up on it after seeing so many before, but finding the right fit was big, and I know it can be really hard and challenging and exhausting. I know it can be, but there is someone out there who will listen to you and who will be the right fit, and don't settle for anything less, you know? So I believe in you is what I have to say. Okay, this was a heavy one and a long one. I appreciate you listening to this and allowing me to share my experience with you. And that means a lot to me. So hopefully this opened your eyes to something. If nothing else, you probably, I mean, you know a bit more about me now. (laughs) And hopefully this helps explain why I'm so passionate about mental health and what I do. And I hope that we all can help start bringing more awareness about this topic and opening it up. So that being said, thank you again for listening to this. I hope you got something out of it. As usual, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would really, really appreciate it if you left a rating and a review on iTunes and if you told people about it and shared it. I just really want to get some helpful information out to people. I really just want to support each other and yeah, that's my goal. And I love you.
love you guys. So thanks again for listening. I hope you have an absolutely incredible, incredible day. Go, go, go.